0: So reading from Matthew, chapter 28, verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. And his countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay. That's where we'll stop right there, and you can go on and read the rest of the chapter later and sometimes i think we try to get too sophisticated and and uh, i think sometimes ministers try to get too wrapped up in trying to be intelligent and things like that this is a simple thing we're here because the Lord is risen. And I, I don't know how to put it any other way. If he'd have just been a good man, that would have been one thing, but it wouldn't have brought salvation. If he'd have helped a lot of people and healed a lot of people and seen a lot of miracles, that would have been one thing, but it wouldn't have brought redemption to mankind. If he'd have had fame and fortune and a lot of money and things like that. That might have been all right, but I'd have still died and gone to hell. I can stand before you with peace in my heart, and I can love you, and I can love the people that don't love me because he's risen. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And I've known people. My my supervisor at work, she's gone three, four times. My mother in law has gone a couple of times over there to Israel to the place where they said that his body was laid for just those three days. And uh, good Lord willing, I'd like to go one day, but I don't have to go there. There's nothing to see. He's not there, he's risen. And so, here came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, and we read over in the other Gospels how Peter and John went down there to see what had happened. And it wasn't just a few days ago before this scripture, they watched as he was beaten. The Bible says that they took Jesus and scourged him. And if you don't know what that is, that means that they took a whip with bits of rock and, and metal and you name it, sharp things that they could find. And they whipped the man and they tore the flesh from his body and the blood poured down. And they took their fist and they smote him about the cheeks and they took a rod and they beat him about the head and they spit on him and they put a crown of thorns on his head. And they mocked him and they bowed and said, Hail, King of the Jews. They put a purple robe on him and beat him to the point to where you wouldn't want your small children to see this man. It was not pretty. It was not something to be admired. He was beaten beyond recognition. His mother's heart was broken and they watched as maybe his body was weak. <coughs> and they, as he they marched up toward Calvary's hill, they compelled one Simon and asked him if he would carry the cross up the hill. And maybe Simon didn't want to be associated with this man because the Roman soldiers, the Roman government had condemned him to die but I could just see Simon years later this is not Bible this is just conjecture on my part telling a grandson or a granddaughter I got to carry his cross I got to walk in his footsteps I watched him as he walked up the hill and the blood poured down in his footsteps and I got to walk in those steps and carry his cross for him I'm here to tell preacher, that's a pretty story. That's a pretty image that you've painted. Oh, if we could have been there, we could have done that. You still can. You can carry your cross. And you can still walk in His footsteps. Why? Because He's risen. And they watched as he got up to the top of Calvary's hill. And they laid that cross down. History tells us that cross was made from a dogwood tree. I don't know. But he laid down on it. I know that. And he stretched his hand out. And John, I'm sorry. Apologize for this but I don't believe that they had to jerk his arms out so they could put the nails in the tree. I don't believe that one had to stretch his legs out so that they could drive the nail in his feet. I believe he willingly went to Calvary to pay the price for mine and your sins. Oh, what a Savior! And then, when he was nailed to that cross, the soldiers, I could just see them as they picked it up. And they dropped it. And it fell in a hole with a thud and maybe jarred every bone in his body. And there he hugged. Between the heavens and the earth, and the soldiers, and maybe Caiaphas, the high priest, and the Pharisees, smote their breasts. They said, "We've taken care of this problem." We've done away with this man. He'll not cause us any more issues. The government'll be pleased with us. They'll leave us alone, and we can go about our business. What they did, re- and listen, they when, when Pilate marched him out there, and he said, "Who will you that I release unto you?" They said, "Away with him." crucify, him. give to us, Barabbas, his blood. Oh, I like this part. I like this scripture. His blood be on us and on our children. Aren't you glad that his blood baited all the way down to the folks at Dutch Bottoms? All right, hungry. Between the heavens and the earth. And the blood dropped down. Run down his legs and down the cross and down to the ground. Some of it fell on me. Now I've never been over there at Calvary's hill. I've never been to Jerusalem. But one day I on my knees, On a little hike, made about a mile a hike down the road. Some of the blood from Calvary fell on this little boy. And I had my sins washed away. Oh, thank you, Lord, for a risen Savior. Now listen. Here's a man that was accused. He himself said he was a king. And Pilate took the inscription and wrote the king of the Jews. And some of the Jewish folks, I can just imagine the Pharisees, the Sadducees, some of them said, So put that he said, I am the king of the Jews. But Pilate said, "I what I have written, I have written. It doesn't matter what the world has to say about this man. It's it's insignificant what the atheists and the agnostics think about this man. He is the king of kings. Why? Because he's risen. Just a man accused hanging between the heavens and the earth. He wasn't the only one hanging there that day, was he? Well, I believe there was a thief on the right and a thief on the left. Two more men accused. And if Jesus had died on that cross and been put in that tomb, he'd have been no different from the thief on the right. Or the thief on the left. But that's not the end of his story. The thief on the left said, If thou be the Christ, come down and save thyself and us also. And we've seen those kinds of people. We've seen those folks. They never need any help until they're in trouble. And then here they come. If the Savior had got that thief down on the cross, he'd have been right back up there in just a few days' time. The thief on the right, he said, this man's done nothing unjust, but we're up here justly. He looked at the Savior and he said, would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And the Lord said, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. If, if the thief can make it, Marty, shorty a little old boy like me, ignorant dudler, can make it. How's that, preacher? Because I've got a savior that's risen. A risen Savior. He is risen. You all know the story? how Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea went and begged the body of Jesus and prepared it as the manner of the Jews is to bury and put it in a new tomb where never a man was lain. There's still not one in there today. There's a a tomb over somewhere in Israel where a man has never been buried. It's still empty 2,000 years later. No bones, no flesh, no sinew. No grave clothes. It's empty. He's gone. He come up out there on the third and appointed morning and he's alive. They buried, buried him in the, in the tomb, rolled the stone up over the door, sealed it, and hired soldiers. They put Roman soldiers there to guard it. Now, I don't know what kind of a figure of a man a Roman soldier was, but I would imagine their soldiers are much like ours are. They were probably trained. They probably knew how to defend themselves. They probably had weapons. They probably were in their top physical shape. And were men that were well qualified to do the job that they were chosen for. But on the third had appointed boarded, the soldiers became as men. When the angel came down and the earthquake came and the stone was rolled away and the soldiers became as dead men. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went down and the angel, clothed in white, said, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here. For his reason. Come see the place where the Lord is laid. Oh where is he preacher? I'll tell you exactly where he is. For about 40 days I believe it was he stayed on the earth. He appeared toward around 500 people and then he ascended into the heavens. He took about as far as Bethany. He put his hands on them and he blessed them. And listen folks just because we don't see him with this eye doesn't mean beat his hand is not on us today I felt his hand on my life God I felt him blessed me all over why because I served a risen Savior and as they looked on and he ascended now I'm not done with him yet, I'm going to preach some more but as they looked on they heard a voice that said you men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing this same Jesus you see go away shall come again in like manner but hey he's, he's alive, he's risen and there we see Cleophas and one of his partners may have been his wife, I don't know we read where she was at Jesus' cross. Walking down the road to Emmaus, and they encounter a fellow that says, What manner of communications are these? No doubt he saw their face was forlorn. No doubt he saw that their countenance was sad. Maybe had tears rolling down their cheeks as they walked away from Calvary. He said, what manner of communications are these that you are sad? And Cleophas said, have you not heard about this man named Jesus? Now this was probably one of the saddest days of Cleophas' life. He had seen his Savior crucified. And he wasn't with the eleven when Jesus appeared. But on one of his darkest days, he could still tell somebody about Jesus. How about you? Just because I've not seen the sunshine today doesn't mean I can't see it tomorrow because I trust and live through a risen Savior. Have you not heard of this Jesus, the prophet? This is the third day since he's been crucified and we trusted that he could redeem Israel. And Jesus began to talk. He said, you slow of heart to believe. And he told them all throughout the scripture where it had been prophesied about him. And they walked with him. And they talked with him. Might have been a sad day when they started out. But the further they got down the road, the better they felt. Because they were walking with Jesus. And they were talking with Jesus. If you're living hard-hearted, if you're living life broken, try walking in step with Jesus and talking to Him. And see if day don't get better. And when they got <clears throat> where they were going, he acted as if he would have went a little farther. Jesus will always go farther than what we will. Did you know that? Just ask the men in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then he revealed to him. They broke the bread. He took the bread, put his hands on it, blessed it and break it. And they realized who he was and he disappeared out of their sight. And you know what they said? The same thing we do when Jesus comes by Dutch bottoms. The same thing we do when his spirit passes by and it's undeniable. Did our hearts not burn within us? The same thing I believe it was that Jeremiah said when he laid his scripture down when he laid his scroll down or when one of these old preachers lays their Bible down and they say, I'll not prophesy. I'll not preach. I just can't go on any longer. Jeremiah said this. The same thing that these men said. It's, uh, they said, did her heart stop burning within us? You know what Jeremiah had to say? It's like a fire that's shut up inside my bones. I can't keep it under control. When you walk with Jesus... It'll come out. A risen Savior. How could they have felt that? Because He had risen. So they went back, Mary and Magdalene and the other Mary. They told John and Peter and they came down and they went back. And when they got back in there, there was the disciples and Jesus appeared in their midst. But Thomas wasn't there, was he? And just a few days later, they were gathered in together and I believe the Bible said the door was shut. Some people might say the door was shut because they was afraid what the Romans would think. If we don't shut the door of this world out. If we don't leave the world outside these doors. You remember Daniel? What do we know about Daniel? We know that uh, the Bible said that he prayed three times a day, didn't he? And which window was it that he opened? He opened his windows toward where? Jerusalem what about the windows on the other side of the house did he open them well the Bible don't say does it so I'm assuming they're still closed if we're gonna walk with the Lord if we're gonna talk with the risen Savior we'll have to shut the windows of our mind shut the windows of our heart out so that the old world will stay out and open up our heart Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Just give it all to Him and walk hand in hand with Him. And see if you can't celebrate a risen Savior. I know I'm scattered, but the Lord's helping me. And so a few days later, the Lord appeared to him again. And he called Thomas' name you remember when you were in the mist with him and he called your name? I do. <laughs> he said, Thomas, come hither and reach thy finger and put it in a L print. That's me. They would held me there. That's when they said it was over. That's when they said it was done. But here I am. Put your finger in there and see. And reach your hand in there by side where that spear went through. It's me Thomas. It's me. It's me. I'm your Savior. And Thomas said Lord, my Lord, thank my God. And Jesus said because you've seen, you've believed. And here's the good Part for sinners like me and you. Thomas, because you've seen me, you believe. More, woo, more blessed are those who have not seen, yet believe. Who's that talking about? That's talking about us. We serve a risen Savior. about done we've got folks today that want to take this book especially revelations and if you'll pay them they'll explain it to you let me let you in on a little secret you're wasting your money and let me tell you how i can justify that statement over in James, I believe it's chapter 1, if I'm not mistaken, says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to who? Not just the preachers, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. You want more? Let's take a look at chapter 1, Revelations. Blessed is the man that readeth this book. Did it say I'd understand it all? No. No. Did it say you would? No. But we're just blessed to get to read it. I've got three computers at the house, Tammy's got a tablet. I've got two computers and a tablet at work. I've got a smartphone. I can just touch it, information like that. But none of them have what this book has. Lo, I come, in the volume of a book, thus it is written of me. We sponsor a missionary. He sent us a letter here a few months ago. Wanted us to help pay. He works with the people in North Korea. You can't walk into North Korea with this in your hand. So he asked us if we'd pay for some little memory sticks, a little memory discs. They're smaller than the end of my finger. But you can put all kinds of information on one. You know what's on the ones we paid for? The King James Version Bible. There are people in North Korea. Risking their life to read about a risen Savior. Mm -hmm. I told you how many computers I've got. I've probably got eight Bibles or more in my house. Folks, you know how blessed that we are just to get to read about a risen Savior? You realized how special you are? Well, let me, let me cover that. Jesus told Thomas, he said, more blessed are those whom having not seen believe. And maybe I made this statement just this past weekend. I taught in Cock County for seven years. And I've pastored in Cock County for I guess about 15, 16 between here and Round Mountain. And I always felt like the kids in Cock County felt disadvantaged because they didn't have maybe the fastest internet or they didn't have some of the modern things that the the kids in these big cities and bigger states had. But we're more blessed because I heard an old-timey preacher preach about a risen saviour. We're more blessed because I got to be a part of the risen Savior's people. I'm the smallest part of it, but I'm glad to be a part of the church of the living God. I'm more blessed because I heard what the risen Savior could do. You don't want to know what he could do? The Bible says, for with God, all things are possible. We worry, I was talking with my wife just this afternoon, this virus is getting personal. There are people that I know that are leaving this world because of it, that I've known for years, just in a matter of healthy person, just in a matter of weeks and they're gone. We worry about that, don't we? We worry about cancer, heart disease. Let me tell you what my risen Savior did. He conquered death. O oh, grave, where is thy victory? O oh, death, where is thy sting? The sting, the sting of Death is the the strength of death is the law, but I believe the scripture says. But thanks be unto God, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. It's appointed that the man wants to die, but the second death, because I have a risen Savior, has no power over this old boy. I don't have to burn because I trust in a risen Savior. Now, and I'll be done in one minute. Don't look at me like that, Bobby. (laughs) John often has you raise your hands if you know somebody that's lost. I'm not going to ask you to do that. Are you glad somebody told you about a risen Savior? Are you glad some old saint of God prayed and brought your name before a risen Savior? Are you glad some old time preacher man told you that you had to be born again, that you had to trust and ask for salvation from our risen Savior? Are you glad, now you can raise your hand, are you glad you're not going to hell? Ain't it wonderful? We don't have to go because Jesus is a risen Savior. It's not all bad, folks. I don't care how hard life gets. We've got people arguing, cussing, fussing. You know, we've got folks today that think that they can go to church and just behave however they want to. Sin is sin. The risen Savior, and you know sin. And if we're to be like Him, we need to be as without it as much as we possibly can. I didn't charge you anything for that. All right. We've got people arguing, fussing, screaming, yelling. Politics going wild. People angry, bitter, rioting, looting, looting. And here we sit, just like the children of Israel in the land of Goshen. We're at peace. Here we sit. We're safe.